The Medallion, Chapter 27 Someone was talking in his ear, but Corvin ignored them. He had to go back to the dream chamber and Kate. He needed someone to help him out of this mess. Sir, please wake up. The guard will be back shortly. Sarek? Corvin peered through the slits in his mask at the lizard's face. How did you get in here? No time for explaining, but you must not drink any more of the liquid they bring you, Sarek said. But it helps me not to desire the Lumian seeds, and I feel better. But if you drink any more, you will always need it to stay alive. They will control you. That is how they turn men from this city into the Rakash. You have to... Tarek jumped back to the door and stuck his nose through the bars. The guard is coming. Do not drink it. Wait until he is gone and pour it on the floor with the other waste. The lizard squeezed out between the bars. Please, sir, listen to me. I will return as soon as he is gone and get you out of here. He glanced up the hall. If you drink any more of the elixir, I cannot take you with me. He stared hard at Corvin. I will never be able to trust you again. He took off down the hall. A shiver ran up Corvin's spine. The Rakash were not a strange race. They were people who fell prey to the desire for Lumian seeds and then became addicted to the elixir from the gatehouse. That is why his body was so tall and pale in Kate's medallion chamber. He was already on his way to becoming one of the Rakash. The creak and groan of metal wheels scraping on the stone floor out in the hall brought Corvin back to his senses. He turned his head to the wall and calmed his breathing. There he is, my master, sleeping peacefully. The first treatment was successful, and he has survived the repair of his heart. This one will be your strongest yet. That is good. When he awakens, I want you to start him on double the dosage. We are running out of time, and the night of deepest dark is almost here. The current leader of my Rakash keeps delaying the attack. I need someone else to take charge. That could be too much for his heart. He is very young. Just do as I say. The metal wheel scraped and Corvin felt the cold eyes studying him. What does he have on his head? A mask like yours. The leader of your Rakash told me you wish this one to be special. Not that special. I can't afford to have him understand too much of what is going on around him. Take me back to my room and return immediately to seal his eyes. As soon as this one is ready, his first task will be to kill the former leader of my Rakash. With only one hand, he is no longer of any use to me. The wheels screeched away down the corridor. Corvin waited until the sound faded and sat up. His body was still weary, but the pain was gone. Pulling the mask from his face, he ran a hand through his hair. The light above him did not bother his eyes. The effects of the medicine must be wearing off. But the man would be back soon to seal his eyes. He needed Sark's help to get out of the cell right away. As he slipped off the gurney, a shadow fell across the bars and the leader of the Rakash stepped into view. Well, Corvin, he whispered hoarsely, shall we see if you're ready to kill me and take my place as the leader of the Rakash army? The blue tongue flicked out with a rough laugh. The old fool thinks he can be rid of me so easy. The stub of his arm came in through the bars and his good hand gripped the next bar until the veins on each finger bulged and twisted and ran up the long arm. The bars groaned and slowly edged apart. The mutated man wedged a shoulder into the space and pushed. Flakes of stone fell from the top of the opening as the bars gave way and bent apart. Corvin backed up to the far side of the cell as the Rakash squeezed through the opening and crossed over to stand in front of him. Go ahead. You can take my life. It does not matter. I am as good as dead. His stump pointed at Corvin's face. But so are you if you don't quit taking their medicine. You will soon realize it is killing you, but you will also believe that you will die soon if you don't have more, and they don't let you forget it. His hands smacked the wall beside Corvin's head and the stone shuddered. They will own you, and you will do things you never imagined you would. 
His blinded eyes drew closer. The person I once was would not have dragged your father down here. He's here in the gatehouse in these cells? No, I have taken him to a different place. Where? I need to take him home where he belongs. The Rakash leader shrugged. Where do any of us belong? With our families. With those that love us, I want to take him home. The grotesque face softened. Your watcher can guide you to him. The Rakash leader paused and lifted his head like he was looking through the stone above. When you return to Animir City, I need you to tell Lena what I did for you. He held up his finger. A silver ring except the single white stone caught the light of the Lumion. Let her know. A wave of pain contorted his face even more. Let her know that I still think of her, that I wear her gift. Corvin nodded. I will, and thank you for helping me. The Rakash waved his handless arm. Don't thank me. No doubt you and I will meet again, and I honestly cannot say which of us will die when we do. The gatekeeper's elixir often speaks louder than the best of my intentions. He stood back and gestured to the twisted bars. You best go quickly before the guard returns, he said with a rasping laugh. That fat oaf will suffer for letting his master's next great leader escape. He will be blamed for giving you far too much of the elixir and making you too strong. He pushed Corvin toward the door with his stump. Go now. Your watcher awaits for you at the end of the corridor. He knows the way out and where your father is being held. Corvin squeezed through the opening in the bent bars and took off down the hall without looking back. Cell doors lined the right-hand side and the floor was slick with the human waste that trickled out into the corridor. Some of the cells were empty, but others held men in various stages of being transformed into Rakash. A thin arm grabbed at him as he passed the final cell, but Corbin slipped on a mound of raw sewage and the Rakash just missed grabbing his hair. The hallway ended in a tight cul-de-sac with no way out. Corvin turned back, but up at the other end of the hall, the rumble of wheels and a glow from around the corner announced the arrival of the elixir. Arms stuck out into the hall, and the young men in the cells began crying out. Corvin flattened himself into the rounded cleft of the wall. The heavyset guard appeared, pushing a cart with vials of blue light. The din in the tunnel increased as the potent scent of the elixir worked its way down to the waiting victims. The man stopped at Corvin's cell, pulling out a key from around his neck. He looked up and shouted a curse as he jumped back from the bent bars, knocking the cart over and sending a cascade of blue fluid over the floor and walls as all the vials smashed to the ground. The guard lumbered away as the glowing fluid flowed along the floor toward Corvin. Screams of frustration erupted from the cells and thin hands stretched out to the luminescent stream. A few touched it and were wetting their long fingers and then bringing them back to desperate faces jammed deep into the bars, sucking off the dirty fluid and reaching out for more. The blue fluid ran closer, but the youngest Rakash in the final cell was not crying out. He was down on the floor, using the leverage of the wall behind him to push his head through the gap at the bottom of his cell door. His ears stretched out and finally his head slipped through. The fluid reached the floor in front of his cell, but not close enough for the long tongue. The Rakash pushed harder. The door bulged and Corvin heard the pop of his shoulder dislocating as the twisted face reached the liquid and began sucking it off the slimy floor. Corvin crouched low in the shadowed corner. As the glowing liquid reached his feet, the scent of it overpowered the foul odors confined in a narrow space. He took a deep breath and fresh desire flowed into his body. He touched a finger into the pool forming at his feet. A loud slurping brought his eyes back to the rakash licking the filthy floor, its blotched face covered in muck. Corvin shivered. 
That was how his own skin looked in the dream chamber. If he didn't stop now, if he took even one more taste, he would become a Rakash, a hated enemy to everyone he cared about. Lifting his hand, he stared at the drop of blue fluid hanging from his fingernail. No amount of pleasure and power was worth being reduced to an animal enslaved to this stuff. He wiped his finger off on his cloak, and a different sensation of power flowed through him. His choice to deny his own desires and do right by the people that mattered most to him was a far greater power than any Lumians or Elixir could ever give him. The fluid gurgled at his feet and disappeared into a circle of partially plugged holes, a manhole cover to the sewer that ran below. Sticking his fingers into the holes, Corvin pulled and the metal budged a fraction of an inch. Shouts erupted in the hallway. The fluid had run past the first cells and the Rakash were screaming for more, tugging on their doors until the walls shook and dirt fell from the ceiling. Corvin yanked harder, but he did not have enough strength. Blue fluid flowed around his fingers and into the holes. The power was there if he would only use it. A door crashed into the hall at the top of the tunnel and a Rakash bounded out into the hallway, dropping to all fours to lap up a small pool of the blue fluid. Corvin yanked on the grate with all his strength but fell back hard against the wall. Another door broke open and two Rakash began fighting over the pools of liquid as they tumbled toward him. A sharp jab bit into his ankle. A long curved claw came through one of the holes in the grate and then it was pushed off the floor and tossed to one side. Sark's face appeared wrinkling in disbelief at the sight of the Rakash groveling after the fluid. Sark! The lizard's head twisted up to face him. Oh, sir! He leapt out of the hole and grabbed Corvin's sleeve. I'm so glad one of those was not you. I thought I was too late to save you. You must get inside quickly. It is the only way out. Corvin sat down in the muck and dropped his feet into the darkness. The powerful stench of sewage gagged him as he squeezed into the tight space. His feet squished into the sludge below and he pulled his head down inside. He retched, but there was nothing in his stomach to come up. As the wave of nausea subsided, he looked up at the mix of bright blue and dark fluids flowing off the lip. What had happened to Tsarek? Corvin was just about to take a look when the lizard's feet swung down. The grate slid over and dropped back into place. Tsarek dropped with a plop in the muck. He raised his regrown claw and spoke rapidly, like a record on the wrong speed. I gave them enough to stop them from following us. It should have been more. It would be a mercy compared to the long death they have in front of them. Tsarek grinned, and in the dim light, Corvin saw traces of the luminescent blue elixir glistening between his teeth.